I'm John Arndt, a longtime member here at Christ Presbyterian Church, and I'll be your teacher today. And so I often head to the beach to get away and get some rest. And today we find Jesus and the Twelve headed to the beach for a vacation. And so as we read our passages, what, what we find is that Jesus gets away and Mark records that he doesn't want anyone to know. And I found that really curious. Why would Jesus travel to the coastline and not want anyone to know that he was there? And so if we back up a chapter in both Matthew's gospel and Mark's gospel, we get a clearer picture of what was happening. And so in Matthew, what we read is that just before all this occurs, his cousin, Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist, has just been beheaded. And so Jesus heads to a desolate place, but, Matthew records, but the crowds followed him. And he had compassion on them and began healing their sick. And then Mark shares that the twelve, just before all this occurs, the twelve had been sent out as emissaries. And they had just returned. They had been spending some period of time in the Jewish region sharing Jesus' message and healing the sick. And so these guys have returned and they're reporting into Jesus. And they're, I mean, they're bone weary. These guys are worn out. And so Jesus' response to them as they begin sharing all that has taken place is, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest. But Mark points out that there were so many people coming and going at this time that uh, he says it like this. They had no time to eat. It was so busy that they couldn't even stop to take a break. And so Jesus sends them away by boat. And again, we get a but. But many saw them, recognized who they were, and followed them. And so the crowd catches up to them, and Mark points out that as Jesus sees them, he says this, he writes this, He had compassion on them. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And so Jesus begins teaching. And what we find is he's teaching through the day and into the evening until it's time for dinner. And that's when he looks to the disciples and says, guys, we need to feed these people. And what we read is the account of the feeding of the 5,000. And so just at the conclusion of that, evening's come, it's, the sun is going down. And Jesus again puts the disciples in a boat, sends them to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and he heads up to a mountain to pray. But about 3 a.m., Jesus notices that the disciples are being beaten by the wind and the waves, and they are straining at the oars. And so Jesus walks on the water, and they cry out when they see him. And as he comes over, the wind calms down, and they arrive at the other side. And by now it's morning. And so when they got out of the boat, Mark records this, when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him. And they began to bring their sick to him wherever he was and he healed them. And there were so many that were being brought to them that they were laying them down along the path. And if they just reached up to touch the fringe of his robe, they were healed. So again, they continue to try to get away to rest. They try to get away to, to just recover. But the crowd continues to follow them and they continue to have compassion and they continue to heal and take care of the crowd. And so uh, as all of this is happening, here comes the delegation from Jerusalem. The Pharisees and the scribes are showing up to investigate Jesus. 
So it's a typical exchange. It's the thing we read in all the Gospels when they show up. They challenge Jesus, his observance of the traditional laws. And in a nutshell, Jesus responds to the challenge. And it's just real simple. He says, it's not what goes into the body that defiles a person. It's what comes out of the person. It's what comes out of their heart that defiles a person. And so finally, after three attempts to get away and, and a wrestling match with the Pharisees, Jesus and the twelve head east. They head east outside the Jewish region to the Mediterranean coast. And they all needed a break from all the pressures of the ministry. So they travel to where no one should recognize them. But as Mark points out, yet he could not be hidden. He could not be hidden. And so Mark tells us that as soon as they arrive, a woman shows up. Now, she begins crying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. So her little daughter, her child is gripped by a demon or an unclean spirit. She's desperate and shows up at the beach house crying out for help. In fact, Mark points out that she came in and fell at Jesus' feet. So the disciples' response is for Jesus to just send her away. In fact, Matthew says they begged him, they begged Jesus to send her away because she just won't give up. She continues crying and begging for help. Now, not only is she wearing them out, but she's a woman. I mean, and, and, and she shouldn't be there with them in the first place. It's, it's not proper according to their customs. And, and so the thing is, she's not just a woman, but we learn that she is Greek. She is Syrophoenician. She's a pagan worshiping Gentile. And worst of all, she is becoming a nuisance. And so she has interrupted their vacation. And Jesus and the twelve, they came to get away. They came to a place where no one would know who they were. And so she has interrupted their rest, their vacation. And their response is, Jesus, send her away. Now, initially, what does Jesus do? And, and if we read, nothing. Jesus doesn't do anything. It's the disciples who respond. And wait a minute. Didn't he just have compassion on the crowd? They were like sheep without a shepherd. Didn't he just heal hundreds, if, if not thousands? And, and where's, here's this desperate mother. And, and what does Jesus do? He didn't answer her a word. In fact, Matthew says exactly that. Matthew's record says he did not answer her a word. So the question we have to ask is, is, is this Jesus? Is he ignoring her? And, and, and let's, he lets his disciples respond first. And Jesus listens. He's listening the whole time. And so they want to shoo her away, but Jesus patiently listens to what's taking place. But the mother is not, she is undeterred. She is not fazed by the disciples and them pushing her away. She continues to plead her case. Her little girl is seriously ill, and she believes that Jesus can heal her. And so when Jesus finally responds, what does he say? He says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And the disciples think, well, finally something. Now she'll leave. And again, she becomes even more persistent, though, as Jesus engages her. And she cries out. We read that she cries out, Lord, help me. 
And Jesus responds this time with what must have been a Jewish proverb or, or a popular joke. We're not sure which, but he says this, let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. <laughs> now, wait a minute. That is not what I would expect from Jesus. I mean, really, this is Jesus who had compassion and brought healing. And he says this to her. And, and I suspect the disciples were looking at each other and had a little bit of a smirk like, well, this ought to get rid of her at this point. But the uh, commentators, the common thought of Jesus' response is, he is merely repeating a popular saying and most likely had a smile on, on his face and maybe even a twinkle in, in his eye. And, and so she catches on and she continues the joke. She says, well, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And the result, Jesus says, oh, woman, great is your faith. And Jesus heals her little girl. And so, so what are we to learn from, from this passage? What, what are we to pull from this? And, and so the first thing that we see is, is that Jesus is deeply moved by the strength and persistence of her faith. Initially, he's silent and, and, and he offers challenging words. But the repetition of, of this questionable proverb, I mean, we have to wonder why respond like that. But... The common thought is that this is all meant to draw out her faith, to draw out and encourage her faith. And, and Jerome, Jerome Bars says this, that Jesus draws his disciples' attention to this woman's faith in order to compare that to the lack of faith that they so often encountered when they traveled throughout the Jewish region. So what lessons, though, do we really learn from this when we start thinking about evangelism? And so one of the things that we see is her need created an opening for him. Her mother's love, the impulse that drives her to Christ, that she had a crisis and she knew that Jesus was the answer. And, and for us, as, as we're out and about, it's when people are in crisis, they're open. They're open to what the gospel may have to offer. And so the first thing that we see when we think about evangelism is crisis in people's lives creates an opening for us to, to share and to be a part of that, to walk with them. And, and then the second thing we see is Jesus' initial response. And the initial response is exactly silence. He listens. He's listening, lets her share, lets her begin to, to draw closer to himself. And so often, I, I had to think, so often I want to fix it. That when I hear the situation, when someone's sharing with me, I want to, I want to interrupt. I, I want to bring the solution to them. And, and, and I want to jump into the conversation. I want to fix it. And so most people, though, in crisis, most folks in crisis just need someone to listen. They want someone to walk with them through this, whatever it is that God is dealing with them as he draws them near and closer to himself. And so folks in crisis want someone who will listen. They want someone who will be there. In fact, I, I read an article by Chuck Swindoll years ago, and he said the most powerful thing that occurred uh, after a friend had, had lost his wife or a child, I don't remember which, was the individual who came in and sat down next to him at the visitation and never spoke. 
He just sat there to let them know that he was there. He was thinking about them. He wanted to be a part of that grieving process. He wanted to enter into that with that person. And so the best thing we can do frequently that opens the door is to listen and to walk with individuals who are in difficult places. And then the last thing that I, that I saw in this that I think we can apply to, to uh, the whole idea of, of how we can embrace evangelism more, uh, more, uh, uh, more better, for, for lack of another word, is that the disciples saw her as an interruption. She was a nuisance. I mean, they were tired. They had gone to the beach. They were hoping to get some rest, get some sun, work on their tan. I mean, they were there to relax. And she was an interruption to what they were doing. And Barr points out that God puts us in particular places at particular moments. And we should embrace those moments rather than see them as a problem or an interruption. And so may, may we all pay attention to the people that God brings across our path every day. Because as Jesus says, the fields are white unto harvest. And you know what? So is the beach. Have a great day.